This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. For the ones standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facilities safe. And your people safer. Call, click slash safety or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and I'll be detailing for you the Raptors' latest win, 117-109, in overtime against Miami Heat. First, the sponsorship. This podcast is sponsored by Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger's Personal Injury Lawyers. Thanks for sponsoring the pod. So, the first quarter... How to break it down. I guess defensively, worrisome for the Raptors. Offensively, a little bit worrisome for the Raptors. Because when Marcus All was in the game and the Heat decided to zone up, that went pretty well for the Raptors. Marcus All is, he doesn't rebound like Serge. He doesn't do a lot of things like Serge, but he does pass in and out of a zone better than Serge does. So the Raptors didn't have much of a problem dissecting the zone defense that the Heat brought out I saw somebody uh, say that the Heat have had the third ranked defense since March and I guess that makes sense but also not really like they have a lot of rangy guys who bounce around a lot on defense so a zone makes sense especially if they can gang up on the big men when they get the ball in the middle which they do but Marcus all kind of eviscerated that when Serge Ibaka was in the game it's a bit tougher to dissect and actually that was something that changed throughout the game was instead of having Serge be the man in the middle against the zone and having OG play off, they actually had OG operate in the middle because he was passing pretty well, it actually seemed. And they had Serge come and cut around OG. But in the first quarter, the Raptors, they, they started out okay. Even though they were missing some good shots, it seemed like Danny Green was the only guy who was hitting early on. And Pascal was doing his thing like he he went in the post against Bam Adebayo he also hit a triple stuff like that just good to see from Pascal and on defense it was worrisome because I wrote I did the preview for this game and I suggested that 
it was likely that guys like James Johnson were going to have a really good game. I'm not shocked that he ended up having like a very good game. I think he had 18 points, like five assists. And mostly that was because he was able to get penetration off the pick and roll really easily. And the Raptors couldn't gang up on him. And as we know, watching James Johnson for three years, I think it was, as a Raptor, maybe even four, he's extremely strong. So if he, he's being guarded one-on-one, he will be able to muscle to the rim unless he's... You know, unless you gang up on him. And Goran Dragic, well, pretty much all the Heat guards were really... They did a really good job of sealing the guy who was defending them on the pick and roll. So they were attacking downhill all the time. And they are pretty ruthless. And especially when Hassan Whiteside came into the game and opened up a different avenue for the lobs. The Raptors didn't really have any recourse to guard the pick and roll because there's a lot of players who... Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet guard really well against. A lot of guys like that. But when you play against like bigger guys like Goran Dragic and James Johnson, Deion Waiters, if these types, Justin Winslow even runs a pick and roll for the Heat, when these guys have, you know, possessions in the pick and roll where they start going downhill, it's actually tough. It's not some sort of like, I guess, urban myth where it's like nobody has ever beating Kyle Lowry in a post-up. Kyle Lowry's a great post-up defender. That's one of the things that goes against the narrative that, you know, height is super important in defense, which it is, but also Kyle Lowry is a great defender. But in that specific play, like play type, he's getting sealed all the time on the pick and roll, as is Fred. And they're like, it's just the heater going downhill against Raptors defense. So that resulted in some less than great defense from the Raptors and they didn't have a lot of trouble outside of that it's just the NBA is built on the pick and roll right now and if you get I guess NBA players going downhill towards the defense that's really tough to stop and I guess apologies if you guys hear a mariachi band it's because there actually is a mariachi band like two doors down from me Uh, Maybe they're on an intermission right now, so I'll try and sneak this podcast in. But yeah, if you hear Mariachi Band, that's what it is. Um, Second quarter. Second quarter saw, I guess, a confirmation of what I wrote about in the preview again. Is Nurse going to dedicate himself to this game? Or is this game just kind of not that important? Turned out that this game was very important to him. And to the Raptors at large, because obviously they have their eyes set towards the finals and they want home court advantage if they go to seven games with the Warriors. They secured that by winning this game against Miami. Great. That's terrific. And I guess the hint that we could wean from is that not only did at the end of the game Kyle Lowry play 42, Kawhi played 38, like things like that, but... Uh, Jeremy Lin didn't get any second quarter minutes and Norman Powell was put in a position where he wasn't creating at all. Those are two big factors. So it's if the Raptors are trying to win a game, which they were today, they wanted this game. Evidently, if they're trying to win a game, Kyle Lowry is going to take up a chunk of minutes at the one and Fred VanVleet is going to play more minutes at the two. That's what happened in this one. And what that, what that means is if Kyle gets more minutes at the one, Fred VanVleet gets more minutes at the two, that means that if Norman Powell even gets minutes, that means that he'll be playing off ball instead of in a one-two creation position. 
that's why Norman Powell was so awesome today. Like he was, he was very good. A, a, a very, he was a bright spot. I think he tied Pascal for the team lead in points scored. I think they were both at twenty three, and that's music to everyone's ears because this seems to be an indicator of everybody knows he's kind of famous for it. But like playoff norm, the guy who in the Indiana series didn't shoot it well, but his defense was so tenacious on Paul George and he had that steal that everyone knows in game five it's it's just etched in the memory of all Raptors fans of the past you know five six years and then against the Milwaukee Bucks when he was inserted in the starting lineup to help the Raptors I guess dissect the heavy trap defense that the Bucks were playing against Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan at the time he killed it he made all his corner three-point shots when he had a lane to the rim he took it and that's kind of what we saw tonight. I think he finished seven of seven with four three pointers. Like he didn't, he didn't miss a shot. He was clinical when he was attacking, and it was largely because of the Raptors. They put him in a great position. They put him in a position, the one that OG Ananobi had all of last year. Is like, you wait in the corner. You have to create every once in a while, but you'll be creating against a shifting defense. And that's a, it's a lot easier to create against a shifting defense, obviously. Not a set one. And attack a shifting defense. And take open shots. That's what Norman Powell got to do today. And it was awesome to see. And we got to see that kind of start out in the second quarter. Um, huge up and down game for Serge Ibaka in this one. He had like a four-minute stint that was just a travesty. He was not very good. And the Raptors offense completely faltered with him in. Then he had like two four-minute stints after that where he was just a monster, like an actual monster. Like he was massive playing defense around the rim. And yeah, so you will see that like I think the worst plus minus on the team was OG and Surge. And that's largely because the Heat play a really tough zone. OG and Surge are not really designed as players to be zone busters especially if you play them together. OG didn't make a shot all night. Serge did not stretch the floor. He did his work around the rim if he was doing work. And so struggled there. But I just want to highlight that Serge, even though he played less than 20 minutes, he had like 12 and 5. He played like for little pockets of time. He played really tenacious defense. So I just wanted to highlight that. And Danny Green was awesome. He had a lot of shot making early on. The type of shot making that you laugh at kind of because he like he had a it seemed like he missed a lot of shots in like the third and the early fourth and then I looked at the statue at the end of the game he was five of nine from three which by all accounts is a terrific night from downtown and it's like he had 21 points he plays awesome defense how did we get this guy as a throw-in I know it's like an old joke and I hate when people use it to get retweets and likes, like the, oh, he was a throw-in, just miss me with that. But as far as, like, right now, speaking with, like, what Danny Green is doing as a player for the Raptors, my God, man, we've never, ever had a player like him. And he's, again, David Dufour and I talked about it. David Dufour said he's one of the best defensive guards of the past 25 years. He's so good on defense. And also, he's legitimately been a top-five threat league-wide from downtown this year we got lucky or Masai Ujiri there with malice of forethought ripped the throat 
the heart out of the San Antonio Spurs and took Danny Green for his, like for his own. I'm not sure which it is. Uh, what happened like later on when the defense had to the the reason why the defense became better for the Raptors. I sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but the Raptors keep doing the same thing every game. So I guess it's a bit redundant on these reaction podcasts. They do do the same thing every game. The pick and roll defense early on is a bit more lax. Then they'll double up on the side. They'll play a lot more aggressive later on in the game. And then they'll start playing really good defense. It's not particularly shocking. It's just something that happens. In this one, that's what they did. Like They also played a great zone defense, by the way. The Raptors threw a zone at them. They did really well. Really fun to watch. Putting Kyle Lowry in a zone defense is one of the most rewarding things you can do if you're a fan of Kyle Lowry. He's a monster. He cheats. He tricks. He's tenacious. And he just gets in everybody's face. You know when you play, like, pick up basketball and you have, like, a fast break? I'll tell you, I'm this guy. But you have a fast break and it's, like, a two-on-one. And the one guy will try and, like, fake towards you so that he'll try and go to the pass out of you. But it'll actually remain where he is. Like, Kyle Lowry's always doing that kind of stuff. He's always trying to cheat. He's always trying to, like, goad players into passes. He's always trying to make them wonder what he's going to do as a defender. It's, you have to play it very sharp. You have to be really good at it to play it right. But Kyle Lowry does it. Fred Van Vliet is also like that. And then having, like, Pascal in there, one of Serge and Marcus All, who are both great defenders, or at the very least, smart defenders. Super rewarding to watch that zone defense do work. And then, yes, when it came down to it and they had to guard in the pick and roll, they played super aggressive and they forced the ball out of the ball handler's hand. And then they would just recover. They played scram. So, yeah. Anytime the Raptors actually sit down and say, okay, we're going to defend the pick and roll now, they do it well. We've seen this like six games running. They, they play lazy pick and roll defense. They get scored on a bunch. And then they say, okay, well, we're going to play a more aggressive brand of defense. Then they do it, and then they play really good defense. And then the games are always close at the end because they just, they're goofs. I mean, the Heat, they, the Heat really wanted this game. That much was evident. And having Kyle Lowry shoot, like, 0 for 5 from 3, and I think he's 1 of 8 from the 4. Same with, like, Fred Van Vliet, 1 of 8 from the 4, 1 of 6 from 3. Not super ideal, but that's Okay. The Raptors' point of attack hasn't been that important as far as scoring points this year. Like, the point guards have been movers and shakers so far this year. Like, it's great when like when Kyle Lowry put up, like, 24 points the last time they played the Heat. That was, like, the best thing that has ever happened because, like, Kyle Lowry used to average 20 points per game, like, two years ago. And now he averages just so much less than that. And, like, when he eclipses 10 points, everyone's like, ooh, yeah, he did it. Because he's he's just such a playmaker now. Like he's he's just facilitating. He's he's the orchestrator of the offense. And you know, apparently his shot isn't that important as far as like creating his own looks. It's important that he hits the triples that fall into his lap, which is disappointing when he doesn't make that. But that's pretty much his role on this offense, besides like making everything else work. As a scorer, hit your open shots, Kyle Lowry. And then drive every once in a while. That type of thing. Maybe we'll see more of it in the playoffs. But yeah, that's how the Raptors got back into it. 
after the Heat took the lead into halftime. Like, the Heat were making, they were doing really well as far as shot making goes. Like, Justice Winslow was hitting shots. James Johnson, like, Dwayne Wade played an awesome game. An awesome, awesome game. Bam Adebayo was, like, an absolute, he's such a bother on the glass, man. Because, like, there, I guess we'll just skip to the end of the game. Since everybody, we're getting to the end of the regular season. The Raptors won this game, and there's not that much to be weaned from this game besides that, yes, the Raptors really want to win it. Kyle played 42 minutes, Kawhi played 38. That type of thing. And that they have home court advantage versus the Warriors, granted, if they make it to the finals. All good news. But the end of the game, Bam Adebayo, when they were crashing for boards, I feel like he had like eight over-the-back fouls. It just seemed like he had bad positioning a lot of the time. Like, he was, like, four steps out of the paint, and then he would just run in and crash into the boards, which, if you have a lane, sure, but he didn't have a lane. He was just, like, you could see Marcus all complaining, like, to the ref because he just got elbowed in the back of the head because Bam just comes flying in. Not to mention Bam was sticking his knee out on a screen that Kyle Lowry ran into, Another thing, Bam was also the guy who injured Fred Van Vliet last year. I can't remember if it was the second to last or last game. And then Fred Van Vliet was out for the playoffs. Like, and then by the time he came back in the second round, he just wasn't the same player. You just don't want to see it. Like, Bam, chill. You're a good player. You don't need to be a goon like this. And by the way, Miami Heat has the like record amount of goons on a team since the bad boy Pistons. Like, Kelly Olenek. Goon, Goran Dragic, Goon, Bam Adebayo, Goon, James Johnson, little bit Goon, like, way too many Goons, I just, no, I don't want to see it, I don't want to see our favorite players playing against that, that's why this game was worrisome, like, you watch those things happen, and you think to yourself, you're like, oh yeah, this seems like an injury is coming up, watching the end of that game, it seemed like there might be an injury coming, Danny Green tweaked his ankle, Something like that. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I didn't see it on the replay. I just saw Bam Adebayo just go smash into Kyle Lowry on that last <laughs> on that last bucket, the one where he didn't get it up in time. And then in overtime, the Raptors, their class just showed through. It was obvious this whole game that the Raptors were the better team than the Heat. Like It was painfully obvious, and that's why it was so frustrating to watch the Raptors kind of get beaten down by Goran Dragic floaters from nine feet out and Bam Adebayo tipping the ball four times and then somehow James Johnson hitting a triple. Just annoying. Justice Winslow hitting a triple. Dion Waiters hitting a triple. Just annoying basketball to watch in a way. But the Raptors, they passed the ball around really well in overtime. Their class showed through. Pascal, who locked down Dwayne Wade on one of the most important possessions of the game, and also hit the clutch three-pointer that pretty much locked this game up. That's I tweeted it out. That's a microcosm of his case for most improved player. Is There was so much raw potential last year for Pascal Siakam as far as like, oh, you can see that he could be an absolute tear on defense. The Raptors unveiled that type of defense on John Wall in the first round last year. Like Pascal Siakam, the power forward, was John Wall's primary defender last year in the playoffs for like three games. That's kind of nuts. He al- he's also been Russell Westbrook's primary defender this year. He was like the primary defender on Dwayne Wade for a whole possession, which Dwayne Wade was trying desperately to make a game-winning shot. 
He defended him perfectly. Then a guy who was historically one of the worst three-point shooters of all time, who is now shooting like 38% and probably like 46% from the corners, hits like a game-sealing triple from the right from the left corner. That's that's the most improved player. Not to mention that he's a terror in transition. He can score in isolation. He's got a game winner's bag this year. Just tons of stuff. Yeah, the Raptors beat the Heat. No injuries, it looks like. Everybody appears to be healthy. I don't know what more you could ask of in this game. Maybe that they would win easier, yeah. But everything looks good. They're going to close out the season in Minnesota. I'll be doing a mailbag at some point um, right as the season ends before the playoffs start. I'll be doing a mailbag then. The awards for this one, the Mitchell Robinson Award, which is the in-house villain award, obviously goes to Bam Adebayo and, I guess, an honorary shout-out to James Johnson, who just decides to become a great shooter against the Raptors. He's talking a lot of trash as well. That's the Mitchell Robinson Award. The Reggie Evans Award, I think this is the third time or second time he's won it. But Norm Powell, you come in off the bench, you pour in 23 points in a game that goes to overtime. You shoot 100% from the field, and you just bounce around on defense. Yeah, man, that's the Reggie Evans Award. I, like, I don't think Kawhi has won it yet this year. But in my time doing the podcast, he hasn't had one of those signature games, like bust the whole game work really hard like he hasn't had one of those games yet the playoffs I expect it'll be different than like Serge Ibaka and Norman Powell like those types of like Danny Green but Norman Powell wins it today the top quick reaction comment is from Bormf B-L-O-R-M-P-F on the plus side Norm looks like he's playoff ready yeah totally agree that's why he got the Reggie Evans award there are tons of tweets everybody had to take about how this is playoff Norm and yeah, that's totally the takeaway from it. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like I was saying, I have a mailbag coming out. If you want to ask questions for that, you can follow me on Twitter at S-A-M-F-O-L-K-K, Sam Folk. And yeah, thanks for listening. Raptors have one more game on the season. They just clinched home court advantage in the finals if they get there. 117-109, they beat the Heat in overtime. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day. The Home Depot's Holiday Gift Center has great gifts for any doer on your list and the best prices of the year just for you. On top-rated brands like DeWalt, Ryobi, Milwaukee, and Makita. Right now, the DeWalt Atomic Drill and Impact Combo Kit is just $149, normally $229. Order online for easy in-store pickup or delivery. The Holiday Gift Center, in-store and online. And Black Friday prices now through December. Gift giving improved. From The Home Depot, how doers get more done. U.S. only, Waspa's last C-store for details. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our Keep Stock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. 
Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.